0: We are here on a Wednesday night, and it is October 19th. Now we're going to start up a new book of the Bible, and we're going to be in Deuteronomy. We're also going to be in the Psalms, uh, starting with Psalm 107, and there's a reason for that. and You may not know why now the psalms are broken up into five different books now i made mention when uh, at fred's funeral because he loved psalm 90 and that starts the fourth book which is numbers so the the writings of moses the first five books of the bible genesis exodus Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy—those five books—at the very end of Deuteronomy, it's ev- evidently the very last of it would have to be written by somebody else, probably Joshua, because um, it's talking about Moses. But he is is writing all of those. the the five divisions of psalms the first 41 is the first book it matches up with genesis the second book of psalms would be 42 to 72 that matches up with exodus the third is 73 to 89 matches up with the book of leviticus 90 through 106 would match up with Numbers. And 107 to 150 matches up with the fifth book, Deuteronomy. Now, the book of Genesis is about or concerning man. As you go through Genesis, see, see it's... It, right, what, do you, what do you call those five books, what is it called? The Pen- Pentateuch or the Pentateuch? Okay. Right. Talmud or Talmud. So the Pentateuch is, is the first five books in the Bible that Moses wrote. Gen- so it's important. Now, you'll, you'll notice that you'll see... Fr- a lot of times when you're studying and you're reading, there will be somebody will just reference the, those five books as a whole, the writings of Moses, or those names that we don't even, can't even pronounce very well, that we don't speak much, but that's just what they're called. And they'll say, out of the book of Moses, and it could be anywhere in those five books, but they're divided in our Bible. They're divided up into five different ones, so that is significant and important for us to know. And the reason that they're divided up is Genesis, as you read through Genesis, you're going to see a whole lot of man, human, humankind. Humans are created and made. It's all about Adam and Eve and then what Adam and Eve did. It's all about Adam and Eve's children and their children. And it's man, 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 all the way through to the end of Genesis. So it's just think of Genesis as concerning mankind. And the first book of Psalms, if you pay close attention, as you read any of those Psalms, as you go through all the way to 41, you'll notice that it matches up. It's about mankind. It's very strong in that. When when you look at the book of Exodus, that's concerning Israel as a nation. That's Exodus. And you'll see it all the way through Exodus. It's about the children of Israel being set free, being a peculiar nation, that has a purpose, and, and their victories and their failings, you're going, that's what you're going to see in Exodus. You'll notice a whole lot of psalms that will match up with what went on in Exodus. Leviticus, that's concerning the sanctuary, that place where it's that holy place. You'll, you'll see that throughout Leviticus. The laws of God, the tabernacle, all of those, all of those uh, things that are concerning the sanctuary, keeping it clean and holy, and all those things. The book of Numbers, that is that is concerning Israel and the dealing Israel's dealing with all the other nations of the earth. That's numbers. So all the other nations. Again, that book, the fourth book of Psalms, as you read through it, you're going to see a whole lot of things, words, and, and uh, just what is in the Psalms what the, the main topic is, as you go through the Psalms, you're going to see how it matches up with the nations of the earth. I probably should read a little bit. Um, now, oh, well, let me finish up. Uh, what is concern, what, what the book of Deuteronomy is concerned with, it's concerning God and His Word. That's Deuteronomy, and that's why it is so needed. We need to know this book. If you go to the New Testament, and you read all the way through the New Testament, and you you will notice that different people throughout the New Testament quote from the Old Testament. Jesus quotes from the Old Testament many, many times. Paul... Peter, anybody who writes in the New Testament, they quote things from the Old Testament very often. There's four books of the Old Testament that are by far more quoted than the others. Do you have a guess on one of those four? Um, There's four Old Testament books that are referenced by New Testament people more than any of the others. The top four, you want to guess one of those top four? Isaiah, correct. What's another one? Huh? Did you say Jeremiah? No. Huh? Oh, yeah. Deuteronomy, since we're talking about Deuteronomy now, that's that's the other one. Psalms, and then... The one that's the the most important to understand. Huh? Very good. Genesis. So, Genesis, then Deuteronomy. Well, as far as the actual order, I think Deuteronomy's third most quoted. So, uh, I believe Isaiah and uh, Psalms probably are the top quoted. Of course, you know, there's a whole lot of psalm, you know, but that's a whole lot of the Old Testament. So, Jesus remember when he was tempted by Satan. Now, in the Gospel of Mark, it just it's like just a couple verses talking about him being tempted and then it moves right on to something else. It doesn't get into any of the details in Mark. But in Matthew and Luke, both of them in chapter 4, goes into the details of what Satan actually tempted him with. And every time Satan came to Jesus, now we don't know how many times Jesus was tempted, because he was in the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days. So how often did Satan tempt him? How many temptations did he have? The Bible only tells us about three of them. So... Those three times Satan tempts Jesus, what does Jesus do in return? Every time he said, for it is written. And every verse that he quotes, where's it from? Which book? Deuteronomy. All three temptations he quotes out of Deuteronomy. So if Jesus, in his time of temptation, is quoting Deuteronomy, do you think that it might be a really good idea that we know Deuteronomy really well? That's that's a clue, isn't it? All right, I'm going to read out of my companion Bible the notes here that talks about uh, Genesis concerning man and then Exodus concerning Israel as a nation and so forth. It says here that the counsels of God concerning him, all blessing bound up in obedience. Obedience is man's tree of life. Disobedience brought ruin. The ruin r- repaired only by the Son of Man in his atoning work as the seed of the woman. The book concludes with a benediction and a double amen. So this is, I'm thinking this is talking about the first 41 books of Psalm, or the, the actual Psalms, the first book, the first division, uh, the Exodus book concerning Israel as a nation. So Israel's Redeemer and Israel's Redemption... It begins with Israel's cry for deliverance and ends with Israel's king reigning over the redeemed nation. It also concludes with a benediction and a double amen. The Leviticus concerning the sanctuary. So this is, this is uh, the sanctuary in its relation to man and the sanctuary in relation to Jehovah. The sanctuary, the congregation, assembly, Zion, referred to in nearly every psalm. uh, Of all all of those in 73 to 89, the book concludes with a benediction and a double amen. Numbers. This is the fourth uh, division, book of Psalms, concerning Israel and the nations of the earth, showing that there is no hope or rest for the earth apart from Jehovah. Its figures and similes are from this world as a wilderness, which there's a bunch of different references like uh, mountains, hills, floods, grass, trees, pestilence. It begins with the prayer of Moses, who is the man of the wilderness, uh, you know, which is Psalm 90, and closes with a rehearsal of Israel's rebellions in the wilderness, which is Psalm one hundred six. Uh, note the new song for all the earth in Psalm ninety six eleven, where the theme is contained in one sentence, which gives an ac- acrostic spelling the word Jehovah. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. The book concludes with a benediction, Amen, and Hallelujah. So the last one is uh, concerning God and his word and this word is capital W showing that all blessings for man which is book one all blessings for Israel which is book two and then uh, they for some reason skipped uh blessings for the sanctuary which would be book three and then blessings for the earth and the nations, book 4, are bound up with living on the words of God. Disobedience to Jehovah's words was the source of man's sorrows, Israel's dispersion, the sanctuary's ruin, and the earth's miseries. Blessing is to come from that capital W word, Written on the heart, and uh, it just has a little note here that uh, basically, and I was thinking about it, when I said that that last set of psalms, which there's 44 of them in the last one, and, I, and when, I, when I said it's about God and his word, Psalm 119 pops into my head. Remember all that list I had of all the different uh, law, uh, what was some other one testimonies, all the different words that he uses that are interchangeable for his way, what he is telling us to do, his commandments. there's like eight eight or nine different words they're written down in my note. i got all the whole list of it in my in my notebook. but as you go through Psalm one nineteen, you know. The word is a lamp and a light unto my feet, you know, a lamp unto my, what is it, my way, or, or and, and a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, something like that. That, that, that Psalm 118 is very, very long, and almost every single one of the verses, I think it's 176 verses in that, um, it has something, it has testimonies or word, or commandment, or law, or there's another one. I, it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't think. But anyway, you get my point. It's, it's just over and over and over again, almost every single verse. Precepts, that's the one I was trying to think of. Okay, so Psalm 119 uh, is, in, is in that last one. The living word. Think about the living word. Uh, Jesus in John one began his ministry by quoting, and we already talked about this, Deuteronomy and his temptations. Uh, the book begins with uh, Psalm 107, and we read, He sent his word and healed them, and it concludes with five psalms. One for, Listen to this. At the very end of this, so you can take the last five psalms away because the last five, it corresponds with each of those five books of Moses. The last five. So he sent his word and healed them, and it concludes, this this group concludes with five psalms One for each of the five books, each psalm beginning and ending with hallelujah. Isn't that cool? Isn't that neat as it could be that the the whole book of Psalms, 150 different psalms, and they're divided up to match up with the first five books of the Bible that Moses wrote. That's pretty cool. The very last five psalms, the very, yeah, at the very end, one fifty being the last one, one fifty would match up with Deuteronomy, and then you, you know, one forty nine with Numbers, and you know, back it up. So it's so you go through all of it, and each group is matched up with the book. But then when you get to the very end, it's like a it goes back over like a little summary, of of hitting each one. Now, remember, the nation of Israel was, should have been in the promised land very quickly, in a matter of days. They should have been there. They were promised that land in Canaan. They were, it was a promise to them. And they ended up wandering for 40 years. They wandered in the wilderness, the desert. So just, just keep that in mind. When, when you, you know, Deuteronomy, it's a, what is it, 34 chapters, I think. That's a lot. You know how much time is covered in those 34 chapters? How much actual time? Anybody want to guess? Think it was years? Huh? Say that. You're real close. About a month. About a month of time. From the very beginning of Deuteronomy to the end, it's about a month. All right, let's let's read out of Deuteronomy. These be the words which Moses spake unto all Israel on this side Jordan in the wilderness, in the plain over against the Red Sea between Paran and Topel, and Laban, and Hazeroth, and Dizahab. I think I said all of them perfectly. If you don't think so, just don't let me know. There are 11 days' journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir unto Kadesh Barnea. And And it came to pass in the, listen to this, the 40th year in the 11th month on the first day of the month that Moses spake unto the children of Israel according unto all that the Lord had given him in commandment unto them. So there, this is two months away from them being able to enter into the promised land. Did you, you see that? It's the first day of the 11th month in that 40th year. So why is it two months away? You realize that Moses will die at the end of this 11th month? You might say, well, why, not? Is it, why isn't he going to die at the end of two more months? How long was a Jewish month? A Hebrew month would be 30 days. There was 360 days in the the Hebrew calendar, the Jewish calendar. How many days, when Moses dies, how many days would they mourn for him? Anybody know? 30 days. So so this is setting it up to where Moses dies at the end of this 11th month, and then there's 30 days of mourning, and then they go into the promised land. The Bible is so detailed, very, how many times do we read something like this and just read right on by it and don't pay, give it a bit of attention? And think, we could even think, well, why? I'm not interested in this, I'm, I don't really care. But it, it, if you, the more, that's why when you read the Bible and then you get back around to where you're reading the same thing over again, you, you're gonna see different things. Different things will start to pop out at you. So all these places that are so hard for us to pronounce today, but all these places that are here that a lot of people say, well, we really don't need to know all these places. I mean, can't you just kind of tidy up the Bible and make it easier to read and easier to understand by getting rid of all this extra stuff? But there's a reason it's here, and we need to... Read it, start to see those little clues. All right, I think I'm on four. After he had slain Sihon, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, which dwelt at Astaroth in Edrei, on this side Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in Horeb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you, and take your journey, and go to the mount of the Amorites, and unto all the places nigh thereunto, in the plain and the hills, And in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside, to the land of the Canaanites, and unto Lebanon, unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them, and to their seed after them. Now, all of this has been said before. He's reminding all these people. They're two months away. This is the first day of the 11th month. They're two months away of going into the Promised Land, and he's reminding them of all of what has happened. At the beginning of this 40-year wandering in the desert, he's telling them all about it, and in doing so, he's telling us all about it today sometimes we need to be reminded. You know, Josiah uh, realized that everything was so horrible that he needed to bring out all the Word of God and have it read. And he, they read it all, and then, you know, it changed things. They needed to be reminded. But that's way on down the road. Verse 9, And I spake unto you at that time, saying, I am not able to bear you myself alone. This is, this is Moses saying, look, there's so many of you now. I can't be your only leader. I need help. Notice, when this country was being formed, our founding fathers knew the book of Deuteronomy really, really well. They knew their Bibles very well. Even if they weren't a... a uh, they weren't... Um, Actual born-again believers, as far as they haven't accepted Jesus, they still knew the Bible really, really well. And they took things like this. When a population gets bigger, you need more leaders or representatives. So they set our government up. So as the population of this country grew, the number of congressmen will grow as well. And they got all that wisdom from the Word of God. The Lord your God hath multiplied you, and behold, ye are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. You know, Abraham was told, even though he, had, he didn't have any uh, offspring at, at one point, he, he was told his descendants would be like trying to count the stars in heaven. Now, they're at that point right now. This is, this is at the end of all of that. Okay, so he's reminding them that now, you, the, ye are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as ye are, and bless you as he hath promised you. How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance? and your burden, and your strife. Take you wise men, and understanding, and known among your tribes. So these men need to be wise, they need to have understanding, they need to be known, they got to have a reputation. And if they have a bad reputation, they're not going to pick them. they known among your tribes, and I will make them rulers over you. And ye answered me, and said, The thing which thou hast spoken is good for us to do. So I took the chief of your tribes, wise men, and known, and made them heads over you, captains over thousands, and captains over hundreds, and captains over fifties, and captains over tens, and officers among your tribes. And I charged your judges at that time, saying, "Here." So our Supreme Court, the judges, we have, we have the big court in, in uh, the federal government, We have smaller courts of federal in in different states. And so I charge your judges at that time saying, hear the causes between your brethren and judge righteously between every man and his brother and the stranger that is with him. Ye shall not respect persons in judgment. You know, we had... uh, I think it was, I I can't remember if it was John Adams or Samuel Adams, it was one of our founding fathers that was a lawyer, and there were some British that had shot some people, it was a big mess, they shouldn't have done it, It were civilians, and they were arrested, this is like before the the, uh, uh, Revolutionary War started, uh, when tensions were really high, and they arrested those British soldiers and put them on trial. And whoever that founding father was, I can't remember who it was. What's that? I was like John Adams or Samuel Adams. Was he a lawyer? So he would have been younger, and I wish I could remember for sure. But anyway, it was one of our founding fathers. And they were appointed. That person was appointed to those British soldiers that were on trial. And he, even though they had killed his fellow people, he represented them the way he was supposed to without regard of person. He didn't make up his mind he wanted them to be guilty. He did the case like he would for anybody, and he won. And the British soldiers were set free. And people were so mad because they wanted them, you know, punished for what they did. But he made the case that it wasn't their intent, whatever, to actually kill. They were in a, the British soldiers were in a really bad spot. But because of someone who believed the word of God, justice was done. You see why it is so important that we elect, People who fear God. We need to elect people who know the Word, and those people will appoint judges that'll be in the court systems that are the same way. But if you don't, if you don't care, and you just vote in anybody, or don't vote and allow bad people to go in, you're going to get it. it just It just gets worse and worse down the line. The only reason that Roe versus Wade got changed is because of a president that half this country absolutely hates, was president for four years and appointed three conservative judges. That's why godly things are happening Even though the president, you might say, is one of the worst, as far as behavior, that we may have ever had. But yet, that president put in not just three Supreme Court judges that were... There's no way it ever would have happened if that didn't happen before. And hundreds of federal judges across this country were appointed by a president that half of this country hates, hates him with a passion. I, mean, I don't even want to say his name because this is going to go out on a podcast. I don't even want to say the name. It's dreadful. But that same president stood up, actually went to March for Life, didn't just talk about it, but actually participated. That president actually moved the embassy in Israel to the capital, the real capital that no other president had, had enough nerve to do. So who you vote for, what, you, you don't have to like them. You don't have to like these people. You know, we, I, Last Wednesday, I talked about the governor of uh, California. There are so many women out there and you interview them, and I've heard it on different things. They, if, if that governor ran for president, would you vote for him? And a lot of them say, oh, yeah, because he's so good looking. You should be disqualified. If you're voting for that reason, you have no business voting. Just go away. You know, the, the Antichrist, Joseph and I was talking about the Antichrist, Antichrist and... Uh, and I was thinking, maybe it's, maybe it's him, maybe it's that governor. But Joseph was right in saying, no, I think it's going to be somebody that everybody likes. He's going to fool everybody. And I said, yeah, that makes sense. But he is going to be, uh, he's going to have a pleasant look about him. People are going to be, they like him by the way he looks. going to be a good looking person. He's going to speak very well. He's going to make peace over there in, in the Middle East. And people are going to be, whoa. You know, the Antichrist, the dragon, Satan, the false prophet. I mean, there's a bunch of different names. I actually think there's a, a trinity. I think there's a, there's a sa- satanic tr- uh, trinity that we might talk about sometime. Yeah. All right. All right. Ju- I was about on Judges. So where was I at when I got when I interrupted myself with that? Uh, Seventeen. Ye shall not respect persons in judgment, but ye shall hear the small as well as the great. You know, we have we have if you if you don't have if you're not somebody or have a lot of money to hire a really good lawyer, you're part of that small, and you don't get represented the way that somebody who can hire the best lawyers. But we're supposed to have judges that will hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. And the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. So even though Moses is going to, going to appoint leaders and judges and those type of things, if, it's, if it gets... Uh, Really, really tough, and they get they are in a bind. He's like, look, just go up the chain of command, and if you got to come back to me, fine, I'm still here. Well, he might not know it, but it's only for a month. But the leader appoints all these people, and then you have your immediate, your, your local people that you go to. And if they can't do it, you go to the next, you, do, you keep working your way up. If you uh, are in a court and you are tried and you are guilty, you can appeal to the next bigger court. And then if you don't win, you can appeal to the next bigger court. And you could possibly go all the way to the Supreme Court. Deuteronomy. Isn't it a good book? Already, we haven't even finished chapter 1. It's good. What's, what has taken so long to get into the book of Deuteronomy? Eighteen, And I commanded you at that time all the things which ye should do. And when we departed from Horeb, we went through all the great and terrible wilderness which ye saw by the way of the mountain of the Amorites as the Lord our God commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea, and I said unto you, ye are welcome unto the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God doeth give unto us. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. So he's again, he's reminding them of what was said a long time ago, about 40 years before. And ye came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us, and they shall search us out the land, and bring us word again by what way we must go up, and into what cities we shall come. And the same pleased me well, and I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe. So one man from each of the twelve tribes were picked. Moses did that. And they turned and went up into the mountain and came unto the valley of Eshcol, 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 and searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which the Lord our God doeth give us. So they all recognized that it was a good land they remember they brought back amazing fruit huge fruit it was just amazing what they brought back but y'all remember the story they, they, only two had enough confidence in what god had already told them the others doubted and brought back some very discouraging words as well so Bible 26. 126 Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. Remember, Deuteronomy, the Word. Being obedient to the Word, the commandments of God. What did God say about it? Well, if He said it, then you need to obey it and have trust in it, right? Trust and obey. And ye murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Whither shall we go up? Our brethren have, have discouraged our hearts, saying the people is greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to heaven. And moreover, we have seen the sons of the Anakims there. Those were like giants. Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. You know, how in the world could those people who had just left Egypt and saw all of those miracles, how could they be doubting now? But they did. And Moses is saying the same thing here. It's like, remember all those things that were done before your eyes? Uh, Your God has got this. All you got to do is follow him. And in the wilderness where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee as a man doeth bear his son, in all the way that ye went until ye came into this place, so he was saying that God took care of you people just like a person would 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 watch out for and care for their very own child. Yet in this thing ye did not believe the Lord your God, who went in the way before you to search you out a place to pitch your tents in, and fire by night to show you by what way you should go and in a cloud by day you just think about a extremely hot scorching day and a cloud covering up the sun and how refreshing that is well they had that all the time that shielded them in the daytime and then if they needed to move at night they had that light that fire above them at nighttime to show them the way and the Lord heard the voice of your words and was wroth and swear, saying, Surely there shall not one of these men of this evil generation see that good land, which I swear to give unto your fathers, save or accept Caleb, the son of anybody want to pronounce that? Jeffani. Caleb's dad had a very ja-funny name. <laughs> Isn't that so ja-funny? Is that, is that right? P-H is F. That's what Peter Walker told me. Yeah, he's laughing and going, that Caleb, his dad has such a ja name. I learned that from, uh, from Peter. <clears throat> He shall see it. So Caleb, he is, so, so you're reading this and it says save or accept Caleb because he was one of the ones that came back with good report, right? So you're thinking, oh, only Caleb gets to go in. But you know there's another one along with all the young people. Okay. Uh, to, and to him will I give the land that he hath trodden upon and to his children because he hath wholly followed the Lord. Also the Lord was angry with me for your sake, saying, thou, thou also shalt not go in thither. But Joshua, the son of Nun, another funny name, funny, funny name, it's, uh, you know, that's just a joke as far as if anybody asked you, what Bible character had no parents? And then it's just, you know, Joshua, he was the son of none. But it's not none, it's, it's in, you, in you in. But, uh, let's see. But Joshua, the son of Nun, which standeth before thee, he shall go in thither. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Moreover, your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day... Remember what I just preached about this past Sunday about accountability and little kids. I read this. I went, all right, this is cool. This is really good. It kind of backs up what I was saying. Um, Moreover, your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, which is not praying to God, but you know, a prey like a lion goes after prey, and your children, which in that day, way back then, 40 years ago, had no knowledge between good and evil. Now, let me finish reading the verse and then we'll go back over that. No, they, they had no knowledge between good and evil. They shall go in thither, and, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. Now, a two-year-old would fall into this category. A two-year-old knows between good and evil. Now, this says they don't. So what does it mean? You don't hold a two-year-old accountable like you would someone who's a lot older. It's not saying that little kids don't know the difference between good and evil, but it says here they, they don't know the difference between good and evil, and we have to really think about that. And, 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 we, and I do believe that no one comes into this world innocent. A little baby has got some sin inside of them, and a little baby only cares about themselves. Right? They want to be warm. They want to be fed. They're the most selfish humans because they're little babies. But do you hold that against them? Not at all. You just know that's the way they're supposed to be. And they'll grab your glasses and pull them off your face. And that's, all. Oh, that's so cute, for a little while. And then it's, no, 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 you don't do that. Um, the intent of the heart is what really makes sin, sin. And to what degree. The same exact outcome of a sin could be punished and looked upon totally different, totally different from each one. You have, let's say you have this little kid, a little baby, you know, a toddler, and uh, an old man can't see, he just and he didn't see the kid there, and he walks along, and he's walking along, he kicks the baby in the head and hurts the baby really bad. Well, the baby's hurt. That scenario. Then you have the little kid and his older brother, he's roughhousing in the house, and you've told the older brother, now you settle down, your little, brother, your little baby uh, brother, brother's there, don't, you know, and he disobeys and he's running around and he runs and he kicks the baby in the head and hurts the baby pretty bad. Well, that's a little bit more serious, but not as serious as somebody that you don't even know that walks up to that kid and looks at it and goes, I hate little kids, and walks up and kicks him in the head. The same thing happened to the little kid on all three of those scenarios. The same thing happened. The little kid was hurt pretty bad. The first scenario, that person had no idea that they were going to do something to hurt the little baby. So how do you react to that? You have compassion on that old man. You still feel for the little kid, but you have compassion on the old man because he had no intention whatsoever of hurting them. Now, the boy who was old enough to know that he's going to hurt his little brother if he doesn't obey his parents, you're going to be a little more strict on him because you disobeyed, and now look what happened. And you might spank them and, and correct them, but the one who comes out of nowhere that you don't know and they just don't like little kids and they purposely hurt them, what are you going to do to that guy? Don't answer All right, where was I at? Little ones, 40. But as for you, turn you and take your journey into the wilderness and by the way of the Red Sea. And I think 40 is a good place to stop since it was 40 years of wandering. 40 is the number of trials and tribulation, testing. And I've tested you with 40 verses. And our time is up. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word. Father, we thank you for Moses, for the things that he wrote, that we can have your wonderful word in our Bibles today. Father, give us the wisdom. Give us a heart that would be soft, that would understand your ways that we would be willing to listen to to hear your word and father not just to hear it but be doers of it that we would be obedient even though those trials in our life those things that you have promised for us look like they're so hard and and so hard to obtain but father that we would by faith we would believe what you have said and that we would go forward knowing that you have secured the victory for us. Father, help us to to see those things that we want to do on our own, but you have warned us against. Father, help us to see those things. Father, there are many people who need to hear your word, that need uh, compassion, that need to just know that there are people in this world that care about them. Father, give each and every one of us an opportunity to show that love and compassion that Jesus taught us so well so that we can share it with somebody today. Father, give us the ability to see those opportunities and to take advantage of them. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.